Hello, and welcome to Nature Finds a Way, a pop culture biology podcast where we nerd out about biology facts and fiction in some of our favorite books, movies, and TV shows. I'm Lindsay, and she's Sarah, and we are marine biologists in recovery, and today we are talking about Jurassic World. With a very special guest. Our special guest this episode is our other best friend, Nicole. Hello! Hello. And yes, the three of us have another podcast that you've probably heard us talk about on this podcast called The Whale Tales Podcast. And we invited Nicole this episode not for anything to do with whales, but because we all have a very strong relationship to the accuracy and safety measures of Jurassic World. Yeah, that's something. Strong feelings. Yes, we have things to say. And we're doing it now because three days after this podcast goes up is our 10-year best friend anniversary. Yay! Yeah. Yes. So Jurassic World, we all saw Jurassic World together when it first came out a couple, few, several summers ago. 2015. You can see that right in the notes. There we go. Yes, I imagine that we all saw it. I have no recollection of seeing oh, really? it for the first time. Yeah. Oh, I do. No, <laughs> tell me about it. We went to the Scotiabank, and then we went to the judge after. I remember, though, because we all had many, as you said, feelings about mm-hmm. the mostly the depiction of an animal care facility. I think that yes. was a big issue. Yeah, I think we saw it later than other people, so because the Pratt keeping stuff was already out started. Yes. Yeah, maybe. I feel... Maybe not a lot of them. Like, it definitely hadn't gone crazy popular yeah. yet, but I feel like I'd heard... Or I'd heard from other people that we know about the training issues. I can't remember. Yeah. We, we yeah. definitely had heard that that part was ridiculous, and then that... It ended up yeah. being that that was just the beginning. Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. And so we um, went to the judge, and we drank a lot, mm-hmm. and um, then, mm-hmm. uh, as we tend to do, we got more and more vocal in mm-hmm. our emotions, mm-hmm. and I decided mm-hmm. to be productive with that, and I took our main issues, and I wrote, not my first blog, but definitely the blog I am most proud of writing in Yes, and I think career. your most popular blog? Yes. Yes, it is yeah. my most popular blog for the organization I worked for at the time. So it yep. wasn't even so, a personal blog. <laughs> I think that still exists. So we'll put it in the show notes if I can find it. Um, hopefully. If it's not in the show notes, it doesn't exist anymore. Sorry, people. Oh, that's so sad. I would be so sad about that. I hope maybe I saved it. Yeah. Anyway. Well, anyway. Um, so as you can probably tell already, we have many feelings about certain parts of this movie. And we are not going to talk a lot about the actual biology of this movie and um as if you wanted to hear more about dinosaurs and the issues that are happen in the jurassic series you can listen to our jurassic park episode i'll put that in the show notes as well um but with as with the jurassic park episode we are going to discuss anything that happens in this movie based on the knowledge of if creating dinosaurs was possible yeah we're not going to go into the science of if creating dinosaurs was possible uh talk about lots of other things that may have issues with the science and may have issues with the animal care um but we will be accepting that premise first and foremost so if you're not okay with that don't listen to this podcast (laughs) Also, probably you didn't like the movie at all. And aside yeah, from so... our issues, we actually did really like the movie. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. like I, 
we rewatched it a couple weeks ago now, and it was great. I still really enjoyed it. Like, it's still completely ridiculous, but I still oh, yes. liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an enjoyable, enjoyable way to spend some time. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I don't think we really need to do a plot summary because no. it was a massive blockbuster and you've probably seen it. Um, yeah, and it's also almost the same summary as Jurassic Park. Pretty much. They make dinosaurs, they escape. Yeah. Except this time there are guests, which is where yes. many of my issues come in. Yes, true yeah. story. They've been open for 10 years. Yeah, which I did, that's something that I didn't clue in the first time we watched it, that, yeah, like, the park had been open for 10 years before this movie takes place, which is crazy to me that they hadn't, well, I guess that some of the issues came from the kind, the latest animal that they'd been innovating and trying yeah. to create, because, like, instead of, you know, Disneyland or another amusement park adding, like, scarier and crazier rides, they were trying to, like, invent crazier and scarier dinosaurs, and they were too good at it. I think it's maybe that they just got lax in their 10 years of operation. Yeah, yeah. Well, and also, like, the making new and smart and crazy dinosaurs kept advancing, and the other parts of the facility didn't, in terms of, like, building enclosures before the animal is full grown. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe you should have a place to put the animal before it needs it. Usually safer. Okay, so, Nicole, do you want to take us through chronologically about some of the issues that you found from a visitor experience point of view? Sure. So there are, I like to categorize things, as you two know, and probably anyone who's read any of the blogs I've written for Whale Tales knows. <laughs> um, and I have two main categories of issues with the depiction of this facility. The first is exhibit design. There are some big, big, big flaws that absolutely no zoo or aquarium would have in their exhibit design. Um, And then staff preparedness. They uh, could really, really benefit from someone coming in and just redoing their whole staff training program. Yes. Yes. Or having one in the first place. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That would be great. Um, so you guys jump in with whatever you, uh, also have as issues, but I took many, many notes while we were rewatching this movie, uh, <laughs> my first, cause I'm a nerd, if you didn't know. And my first is you would absolutely not be still building an exhibit for an animal that is already on display in that exhibit. You may be fixing it because animals frequently, uh, you know, cause damage to cause damage to exhibits. Um, so you may still be working on it, or you may be conducting a routine inspection of that exhibit, but you would definitely not be still building for the Indominus Rex. Yeah, that's just dumb. And it's where all of the issues stem from. <laughs> because if they had finished it before putting the Indominus in there, then she never would have gotten out. And this movie wouldn't have happened. Yeah. The fact that, yeah, they're welding also with, like, an animal inside the enclosure kind of violates, like, the animal safety best practices in terms of, like, Mm -hmm. noise and disruption and, you know, access to things that might be dangerous, like welding equipment. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah. and I know, like, we might touch on this a bit later with the whole it can camouflage thing, which is a whole weird thing and, like, it's brought up in Honest Trailers and stuff of why did you make a display animal who can camouflage? Yes. Um, But it also is a proportionally small exhibit filled with trees 
Like, just filled with treats, which is very nice for the dinosaur, but again, you can't see it, even before it could camouflage. Well, and also, it's nice for the dinosaur, but, like, there wasn't enough, like, room for that animal to turn around in there with the amount of treats. No, not really. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not at all. (laughs) Yeah. So, that was, yeah, the exhibit was rough for many Mm -hmm. reasons. It was cool that you could be at eye level with it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although, in that case, if you're designing an exhibit that way, most best practices nowadays suggest that the glass would be one way, so the animal can't necessarily see you, and yeah. mm-hmm. particularly the hundreds and thousands of people who would be there on opening day of the exhibit. Yeah. So yeah. that should be better. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a cool idea that, like, is as one-way glasses both getting better and cheaper, I think, is, like, a new thing, newish thing in exhibit design which is really cool also speaking of the indominus exhibit um there's a thing in the zoo world and uh it's important for working with any potentially dangerous animal it's called double doors yeah. and yeah. it's not just with dangerous animals as sarah can attest to yeah, a, no. a very important and very famous butterfly training <laughs> <laughs> yeah no double doors are important for any animal that Basically any animal. Like, I mean, there's some Mm -hmm. cases where you wouldn't, but especially animals that can fly or that are really fast or that are dangerous for any reason, having some level of, like, backup enclosure, whether that's, like, you know, you have a door to the exhibit and then you have a door to the gallery that's closed or you have, like, a door inside the exhibit and a door outside the exhibit or something. Like, two, two doors. Like, I can't think of any animal that I've ever looked after, even, like, the slowest of slow animals that didn't have two doors. Yeah, Even the and goats at Maplewood Farms have double door <laughs> entry that they're Exactly. Yeah. And there's double doors in the Raptors exhibit. Yeah. But not in the Indominus Rex exhibit. Which I'm just like, what? And also like I know they made a dinosaur sized door, which seems strange. And also but not a people sized door. Yeah. As well? Yeah. Yeah, like, like I get the dinosaur-sized door because if you ever did need to potentially transport yeah, them out of the exhibit, you need, a, you need an animal-sized door. But Yeah, but yeah. you can have a people-sized yeah, door. and, like, you should only use the animal-sized door when you need it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's the other thing with double doors is, like, you have the smallest access that is needed for safe access. Like, you don't fling open the biggest door possible when... Unless you need the biggest door possible. Yeah, because then all the butterflies can out. Indeed. Yep. <laughs> and Indeed. it's anarchy. Because my notes are chronological as we were watching the movie, my next big issues come with the training, which I, given that I'm not and nor have I ever been an animal trainer, but I did talk a lot about animal training uh, and interpret it. Yeah. Potentially one of you two may be better suited to talk about the issues with clicker training, but it's bad. Not how clickers work. Well, clicker training works for certain animals. I know it works for dogs, but the way he is using it does not work at all. Yes. The click is not... It's the depiction of it. The click is not instructions, basically, is the biggest problem. Yeah, it's not Morse code. Yeah. (laughs) Although that would be really cool. That would be cool. But no, the click is meant to be... It's called a bridge, and Lindsay can probably explain this better, but it's like the click is a trained signal to mean, like, you did a good job. Mm Mm-hmm. When I have a second, I will give you a treat. Yeah, yeah. It's like a first step of positive reinforcement, which the animal knows if you have a good relationship with them, that then 
food or uh, some other kind of positive reinforcement is coming. So stay, like, continue what you are doing. Um, can like stay, stay where you are, or do continue to do what you're doing, kind of thing, or or finish what you're doing, depending on how you train yeah. the behavior. Like it could be a like, especially with a whistle kind of thing, it could be a whistle or a pat. If your animal, if you touch the animal, which you shouldn't do with raptors, um, those are all going to be the same things of like, good job, you're finished or good job, stay where you are. And that depends on what the animal you have and the kind of training that they do. There's a lot of voice commands and whistles and stuff. Yeah, I usually did clicks. I don't know. I don't know about staying, but in terms of like, yeah, like you're you're done doing the thing Mm -hmm. or like. Oh, like, especially um, approximations is a sort of thing. So, like, oh, you got really close to doing, like, you're closer than you've ever been Mm -hmm. to doing the thing that I, like, that is the goal. So, you, yeah, you sort of use the clicker to, um, like, to, the reason it's a clicker and not food is so, like, let's say you're training an animal to, like, um, I don't know, like, touch a thing and they get really close to it. Like, so the first time it might just be, like, they don't exhibit a fear response to the thing you're trying to get them to touch. Like, so then you click, like, at the peak of them mm-hmm. doing the doing thing they're trying to get to do. Yeah. Yeah. Or, and also, for example, like, if they're doing a thing that then they can't eat, like, yeah, like they're touching a thing, yeah. if they have their head, um, like, in the with the raptors, if they have their um, mm-hmm. muzzles on. And yeah. so, like, that's a highly trained skill of like not having to use food for positive reinforcement but if you want them to go somewhere or do something clicking would be the first step of positive reinforcement and then they would you would follow that up with uh touch or words depending on what your animal is doing yeah but it doesn't necessarily have to be food but food works the best yeah the the famous example is like the pavlov's dog's response Mm -hmm. right he trains the dogs to associate a bell to food and so then the dogs end up salivating when they hear the bell because yeah. that they're so conditioned to expect or to like associate the bell with food so then eventually they subconsciously find the bell reinforcing mm-hmm. i mean obviously occasionally you have to directly pair it with food but it's yeah. once it's more and more trained yeah the clicker is the reinforcement yeah so like from yeah. the standpoint aside from his use of clicker like this whole scene is is showing a very well um, set of trained animals and a very good trainer like they yeah. their relationship is very good um and which is the point of the scene i just wish that they had not gone overboard with the clicker unfortunately while chris pratt seems to be a very good animal trainer um the rest of the staff yeah well, not even the rest some of the one new poor intern guy intern yeah at yeah. the raptor exhibit uh he has had no training and he should not be in that job until he's had enough training to know that you should not walk over the top of an open air raptor exhibit without a safety harness on you (laughs) idiot yeah and a and a buddy yeah well he had a buddy i think his buddy was chris pratt no chris pratt was off talking to vincent d'onofrio oh okay so yeah no he was up there by himself and then like he was up there by himself also like reaching into the exhibit so, because he was feeding them. So you would never ever... No. First of all, he's not... He shouldn't be feeding the raptors because the trainer should be doing that if they're trained animals, which they obviously are. Yeah. Um, and second of all, if he was feeding them, then it would be part of a training session, which means Chris Pratt would be involved. And he should definitely be wearing a harness because he's above them yeah. with mm-hmm. not even like waist-high railings yeah. on this catwalk that's above their exhibit. So of course he falls in. So that's both a staff training and exhibit design issue. I didn't actually see any safety harnesses, so potentially he was given appropriate training. It's just bad. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, he wasn't using it, which means 
even if he like that means like maybe he was trained that here's the safety harness but if he was appropriately trained he would have understood that it was a thing he had to use so let's talk about something i actually thought was awesome (laughs) from an exhibit design perspective which is the mosasaur exhibit you guys that was cool it's so it's so perfect and wonderful and everything about the whole exhibit design and also the interpretation because there's like a specific space reserved mm-hmm. for the woman on microphone who's delivering the program um and she can see the audience and can see the animal and the animal's got this fantastic display above water and then <gasps> surprise we all go underwater we didn't know that was coming oh my god it's so awesome and i'm so jealous yeah it was sweet it was Sweet. Yeah, no, I think that was one of my favorite parts. In general, the Mosasaur is my favorite part mm-hmm. of this movie. Yeah. Because it's the hero. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so some other silly staff issues are there's a lot of uncertainty about what Bryce Dallas Howard's job is and her level of clearance and authority. And we tried really, really hard the three of us to determine what her level would be in the hierarchical structure of this fictitious organization, but we're not given enough information in the movie to put that together. Um, However, we do definitely know that she is high enough in the organization that she should absolutely have the clearance to know what the F is in the DNA of the new dinosaur. And uh, yeah, we'll get into her. I don't want to judge other women for their attire, but, like, she should have a a hard hat and, like, shoes available to her as part of her, like... Yeah, it's not her, um, her attire's choices that is the problem. Availability. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, like, at the beginning of this day, right, if you think about what she thinks her day is going Mm -hmm. to entail, she's delivering a pitch to potential donors. She's dressed perfectly for that yeah no completely um she does though i think because she heads off to talk to the guy like so oh she's yeah up, she goes like, to talk to owen exhibit. Mm-hmm. so she's like in out in the exhibit and no she's at the new um indominus rex exhibit right mm-hmm. so, which is under construction yeah the security guard has a hard hat on yeah and they don't yeah. and then she goes yeah. to talk to owen in his at his trailer in the yeah. middle of nowhere and that's like so she drives there in high heels, like, on dirt road. Yeah. That's, I guess, fine, because it's, like, the established parts of the yeah. facilities. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just... The, like, it was more the fact that, like, she heads off to this construction zone to see what's going on. Yeah. So I feel like she should have at least had the option available to her. They have these fancy cars. There's room in the car. Yeah, yeah exactly. You always have spare outfit. Yeah. For when you need to go and get in an exhibit. Exactly. Yeah. Or when you need to not be in an exhibit and go be fancy on TV or meet somebody yes. famous. Yeah, like do it, yeah. do it the other way. An outfit change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Both ways. Yes. yes. Very important. Um, another exhibit issue that I have, and this is more of like a facility design, not just specific exhibit. You need radio repeaters if you have a facility that's the size of this facility over an entire island. A radio repeater is actually a pretty cheap piece of technical equipment considering they spare no expense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) And that means that you never have bad radio signals. Yeah, this is the thing. They have super fancy cars, they have dinosaurs. And also, Mm -hmm. they're like, they're sponsored 
by Samsung or whatever. And they have... Verizon Wireless. Yeah. Yeah. And they have horrible cell reception and they have horrible radio reception. I'm just like... Yeah. yeah. Like, where we worked was definitely on a different different um, budget level. Let's yeah. <laughs> and yeah. scale. And size scale was and different. Scale. And size scale. Yeah. But we did have, like, crazy basements that were made of concrete and we had to get radio reception. Like, radios or... They ended up actually because like even with the radio receptors they didn't work but they would put phones in in the basement like hard phone like not soft phones hard phones um, because of the safety issues and that was just when I was downstairs from people not like on the other side of an island yeah so yeah. yeah it's like yeah there's lots of um, accreditation and sort of other things that have to happen for most facilities and I mean I know this was on a private island and i think i don't i think it's in the country of costa rica but it's not entirely clear um so yeah like obviously their laws are different but in terms of like being able to attract to have humans yeah to yeah. get have be safe for visitors and get insurance and stuff indeed i feel like if there's enough money they could have just put up their own satellite system mm-hmm. above like <laughs> yeah Okay, so all of my next issues all kind of come down to one main staff training procedure that is essential anytime you have animals that can move on land (laughs) or fly. Yeah. So if they're not going to, you know, just flop around if they get out of the water, then you need to practice animal escape drills. Yep. And it doesn't matter whether it's a Tyrannosaurus Rex or it's cockroaches, you have procedures in place for how to deal with an escaped animal. And these procedures are something that you practice at least once a year. I tend to over drill staff, so I like to practice things often. But you would, it's mandatory in a certified facility that you do an animal escape drill once a year for every different procedure of drill, like of animal escape that you have. And every staff member is involved with this, not just the trainers of that animal. So, like, gift shop staff know mm-hmm. what to do because they have to keep people from, you know, leaving the gift shop potentially yeah. if they're within some range mm-hmm. of the exhibit. So, there's a lot of things <laughs> that could have been solved if they had an Indominus Rex or potentially any kind of animal escape drop. Because it's clear that they have a team that's called asset containment for catching whatever dinosaur has escaped. Mm -hmm. But it's also very clear that none of the rest of the staff of this park know anything about asset containment. They're like ninjas and (laughs) they know nothing about how to deal with escape. And the asset containment team also not so much. No, because they didn't know about the Indominus, which would never, never happen. happen. You have a team called Asset Containment who's given like really, really big guns to hunt big animals down that escape, then they would knew, they would know about the Indominus Rex, and yeah. they would also know what DNA it's made with, mm-hmm. because to come up with a procedure to yeah. re-catch an escaped animal, you need to know what that animal is capable of doing. Well, that's yeah. like, like camouflage. <laughs> along with having an exhibit built before you need it, you have an escape plan created before you before you have the animal. Like, yeah, yeah, that's part of your planning. Is like, what do we want the exhibit to look like? What's the recovery plan? What's the animal care plan? Like health care plan? Like you have yeah. all these things done before you actually have the animal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also from just a, just a general standpoint, we know that the scientist guy is evil and that's whatever, yes. but like there's literally no reason 
to keep it from any of the staff. Like, it's not like you can just say, don't talk about this at the show. Well, and also, like, it could have been that he lied. Like, and they yeah. knew, like, they knew what he told them was in it, and he just lied. Like, that, that would have mm-hmm. been more believable than it yeah. being classified and only some people know. Yeah, like, it yeah. makes yeah. no because sense to be classified. he's not in charge of the park, so he doesn't get to determine what's, yeah. you know, yeah. proprietary information. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, if he just had secretly snuck stuff in there, much oh, more I like believable. that. I like that a lot. Yeah, I just yeah. love it. Because <laughs> he's evil. Yeah. But then he yeah. goes... Well, clearly... He, he tells the head of the park anyway, later, but yeah. he didn't know either. And he's but, like, who told you to do that? And like, there's no way that he just went, they went, make a good dinosaur that's cool. And then didn't follow up with him at all until the dinosaur was alive. And not just alive, but big. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like really big. They're like, oh, you made like, a cool dinosaur? All right. This is, okay, moving on. Yeah. Also like, yeah. what do we think this dinosaur might eat? Yep. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. What kind of temperature that. do we think they would like? Well, I hope they like the temperature on our island, because otherwise... Because <laughs> that's all we got. Um, so one, again, pro that I'll give to Jurassic World's staff is they don't practice animal escape drills, but they do clearly have procedures in place for... Uh, guest evacuation. They don't practice them often enough that their staff remember what to do. But the ride operator of the gyrosphere, which I have issues with, and we'll get to that. (laughs) It's my biggest issue probably with the whole movie is the gyrosphere. (laughs) Um... But the ride, the poor, poor, poor little tween ride operator there, he clearly knows that he did receive training on how Mm -hmm. to evacuate all of the guests in his line. And he has this like little rule book, I guess, that he's thumbing through. But uh, it would have been better if they practiced that more often so that he could calmly guide the guests away from the exhibit. Um, and not look like an idiot. Yeah. Also, when it gets to evacuation, evacuation, like, they don't, they aren't evacuated. Like, the boat takes forever. And I don't, like, I have no idea how long the boat trip is. But it, there's no reason why, well, first of all, helicopters, which we'll get to. Um, but there's no reason why that boat isn't running faster or they haven't gotten more boats. Like, this is an island in a tropical country. There are boats around that people can borrow or Coast Guard type things that people, they will come get you. So you're not on this island with dinosaurs. I always thought that was because they, at the start of the guest evacuation, they're not evacuating the island. They're doing like a scaled evacuation. Yeah, but then they're all in the one spot. And like, besides from the pterodactyl attack, there's just way too many people in one spot. That's a fire hazard and a stampede hazard, which is true. Like, it doesn't make sense. It's probably definitely not to cope. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make sense to evacuate whatever it was, 20,000 people to one like to the main strip yeah. of this giant island. And also like but there's hotel rooms, so why didn't they send people back to their hotel rooms? Yeah, it was weird. Where they would be completely safe. And also like I'm assuming there's lots you know, there's the Moses Store Stadium and there's probably other places where at least like people are in seats and like contained. You don't have like a mob of people like that are gonna rush for a door. Like you can get people in seats or in small like 
yeah, smaller groups of people are going to be easier to deal with because you don't have, like, rush of crowd people. Yeah. Can I share my other issues with the Jarosphere? Yes. We're there. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, the, the design of them, how do they keep them from running into the dinosaurs? Yeah. Like, so just Jarosphere's, first of all, they're very cool looking, but I don't understand how they work in the first place because everyone would just play bumper cars with, with the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah, people throw things at, at animals in exhibits to try to get their attention, they would 100% try to run into them. That aside, those gyrospheres should have a recall button and some kind. since they're not on a track they need to have some kind of like magnetic pull situation where if there is an evacuation called then you can press a big red button and they all go zooming back to the start of the ride. Well like um, uh, like robot vacuums do that right? Like you could yeah. recall your robot vacuum so you should be able to return re- home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should definitely be able to do that. You know what you also you shouldn't be able to do with gyrosphere? Drive it outside of the gyrosphere exhibit because you can't take a shopping cart out of a mall parking lot. Also through an open gate. Like yeah, that gate's yeah. just open and yeah, nobody and cares. Yeah. So why was it open? Yeah. And yeah. Where's the lock and also where's the second gate? <laughs> to throw back to that. Yeah. <sighs> Gracious. Oh, the dinosaurs are really, really dumb. Even though I do admit they're very cool and I would like to drive one. Yes, they would be cool. They would be cool to be in. I don't think they should be self-driving. I think they should either be on a track or like, yeah, basically on a track that doesn't seem like a track, right? Like you could have like a magnetic track that's under the grass and then you would just think that you're, you know, free driving. Yeah. And since all the dinosaurs apparently have implants, you could also have some kind of like... Avoid the dinosaurs. Force magnet. Yeah. Yeah, Avoid the the implant issue. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, oh, robot thanks. vacuums can, you know, be told to avoid going under your couch and getting stuck. So therefore, <laughs> <laughs> gyroscopes. Also, my friends have a, like, remote, con- or not remote control, like a robotic lawnmower, like an automated lawnmower. And yeah, same thing. Like, Oh, those things are cool. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah. It was the compromise. The kids wanted a dog. And <laughs> so they got a robot lawnmower instead. Okay, so back to uh, the main thing that you guys usually talk about on your podcast, which is not visitor issues, but animal biology. There's some behavior issues with the Indominus Rex. She should be really tired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She has never left this itty-bitty tiny enclosure that we've already talked about. And now all of a sudden she's going on a rampage across a whole island, which is like millions of times. All the brontosauruses. Yeah, she's killing everything. And I do like they do kind of talk about the fact that like she's not killing for food. So I get that because that's also an issue. Like she would just be really full and she'd stop killing. But she's killing because she's probably scared. And also she's probably never like fully killed her food before. Yeah, definitely. mostly dead cows or whatever they end up doing. But she's never covered anywhere close to the amount of distance that she covers in this movie. Um, And she wouldn't have the muscle strength. No. Like, she should be exhausted by the... I don't know, by the time that she even just gets to the little ravine where she's camouflaged. Like, she should be having a nap. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. And also, like would literally just find a place and sort of hunker down. Like, yeah, she'd still be scary, but she wouldn't be, like, continuing to rampage, I don't think. Yeah, and even if she is scared, like, then she'd find a small space that no one can find her in and then just camouflage. That's how she would be protecting herself from predators, because that's what 
camouflage is for. She doesn't need it because she's the biggest thing in the world, but that's the whole point of why did they put camouflage abilities in her. But anyway. Well, yeah, like, they clearly put, like, both predator and prey-type genetics in there, right? Like, she has that, like, predatory instinct, but also prey instincts in terms of, like, fleeing and running and camouflaging. And mm-hmm. She also shouldn't be able to talk to the raptors. No. No. No, because she's been raised in isolation, yeah. And uh, even if she does have raptor DNA, uh, having the DNA of a species doesn't mean that you can speak that species no. language. Because we don't speak every human language that exists. Yeah. Yeah. Little, <laughs> like, I was going to say, you know, chimpanzees or whatever. Like, we can't automatically understand chimpanzees. But, like, yeah. Also, other humans. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Get a Scottish person drunk enough, and we still have no idea what they're exactly. talking about, and they're speaking technically English. So you know, like, there's some issues. Yeah, there. and yeah, and she has no social skills whatsoever, so she has no idea that she's supposed to be the alpha. Like, I don't know how instinctual alpha stuff is, but there would there would be some of that that would be instinctual, and also there would be like some levels of communication in terms of like fear signaling and that kind of stuff that mm-hmm. would be more like instinctual but also not especially because they only share like a certain percentage of their dna yeah and she's trying to kill everything else she killed all these brontosauruses trying to kill the gyrosphere and everything else not for food so why is she not killing them does this mean that if she came up to a tree frog that she also has dna in it she's not going to kill that either because they shared dna like that's not how things work yeah like i share dna with potatoes but i still eat them yeah (laughs) Amazing. Other animal behavior that seems really off to me, uh, but Sarah, you have definitely the most experience of the three of us with winged things, so that makes you a pterodactyl expert. Yeah. Why do they go crazy? It's kind of that, like, flocking mentality, right? Like, I don't know, birds and bats also, they just, like, if there's a disturbance, so I have... I'm pretty sure talked about the fact that I used to work with a colony of, like, hundreds of bats. And yeah, like, if they got disturbed, they would, like, just sort of, like, flutter around and try to get out, but pretty unsuccessfully. I mean, I get the fear reaction. An Indominus Rex does break into their home and then start trying to eat them. But to then fly across the island because it looks like their exhibit is pretty far away from yeah, where people are. That seems <laughs> unlikely. Like I could see they would probably try to get out, but then they wouldn't just like keep going. They would yeah, like we said, find a place to like hunker down, find somewhere high. They would they wouldn't go across the plane either, they would go up. Like yeah. Flying animals tend to go for the high high spot. So yeah. Yeah, because they think they yeah. can't. <laughs> also, they probably fly out and then regret it and then try to get back in <laughs> and fail <laughs> and fail. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. They're, it, it's not a great depiction of what would actually happen. Like they would definitely, especially like their home area was disrupted. Like they were pretty scared. They would fly. But then, yeah, like for them to just sort of keep flying, like they're on like a migratory flight is unlikely. And then to attack all the people. Yeah, well, I don't know a huge amount about pterodactyls if they are actually predatory, but yeah, like, there's no way that they would then go near other unfamiliar things. Like, they're going to be so scared. Also, there were two different species of flying reptiles, um, and the little ones especially, like, did not look predatory-type-ish. Like, maybe they would eat shrews and stuff, but they're not, like, going to be grabbing things that are bigger than them. Yeah, and uh, from a... Like, a, you know, like a 
bird raptor kind of experience. Yeah. Or like a flight flighted thing of prey, um, whatever you want to call them. Um, but also like they were in this aviary, then they flew really far, and then they're gonna start picking up humans and not eating them. Like it's yeah. it doesn't make any energetic sense. It's the same thing with the Indominus. Like they flew really far, they're going to not then attack just everything. They're going to find something to eat and then eat it. Yeah. Something small that doesn't require a lot of energy. And also flying flying animals are light for their size. The fact that they pick up that assistant woman who's, you know, like on the order of 100-ish pounds, right? Like they're probably less than that. Like I used to work with birds that are large um, about the same size as a small dog, except they only weighed like one and a half kilograms or like three pounds. Whereas a dog the same size weighs like four times that, at least. So, yeah, so like, I don't know. The fact that they could, when exhausted and having flown like thousands of times farther than they've ever flown in their whole life, and then pick up something that's like most of their body weight seems <laughs> unlikely. Yeah, and under like they're under attack in their minds, like they're in the flee yeah. in the f- um yeah. Yeah, flight yeah, yeah. flight mode, like flight not, mode. They're not, they're not thinking hungry. about food. No, they would be defensive, but they wouldn't go after like a large group of people. Yeah, it was it was very strange. And yeah, I don't like what happened to that assistant person. Not the fact that she died, the fact that she died so unnecessarily, like, and had no plot. It was just, like, for the visual gag. Also part of that same scene is the last issue that I have with, like, the actual facility management, which is they're on an island. They clearly have more than one helicopter on the island physically, and yet this owner dude is the only and he's not even an actual pilot but he's the only pilot even though he's two days away from getting his license yeah yeah this yeah. is a real big issue what? with me well so there's like his flight instructor but yeah uh-huh. it would have been so even if he died but there's more than one helicopter so there should have been at least some more pilots like one pilot per helicopter otherwise how did it get there mm-hmm. yeah and usually you have, like, two or three pilots per helicopter so they can, you know, sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And just, like, in general, like, Owen probably has helicopter flying. Like, you know, why not, right? There's so many other different people who work on that island in varieties of jobs. Uh, the, the, like, ex-military asset recovery people. Yep. Or some of them have some totally experience. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, so there's so many reason like it's just so dumb and it was also not necessary like they could have just had him flying a helicopter and that would have been fine like the first scene like when he's learning like that's that's whatever that's humorous but the other part like this just so the only thing that struck me as true about that is it did seem like a very real world douchey yeah you know ceo move was like i don't care that this is a potentially super serious dangerous situation i'm in charge and so i can totally deal with it even though i'm not actually equipped to deal with it at all yeah but yeah but even if he did that it was a giant douche and did all of that stuff there still would have been another helicopter somewhere that could have helped yeah yeah or like even if he's yeah like telling the other pilots that he'll do it like yeah there's there's ways to make it still the same and make him you know be in the position of flying the helicopter but more realistically 
Well, and at that point in the movie, aren't they going, like, he goes in the helicopter because they're going to shoot the Indominus, right? That's the, like, that's the rationale behind why he's yeah. going on his flight. So if, at that point, the Indominus has already proven that it's formidable because it's taken out the whole asset containment team that was sent to go take it out in the ravine. So they wouldn't just send one helicopter. They would have every helicopter on the island going for that animal. So those are my issues. Those are at least, then I do have a question. I don't understand, but it's more plot than anything else. I don't understand why then the like private security team is in charge of the island. Like there should be other directors uh, uh, who can take over when the CEO dies. If that was what is, I don't know. So there's some flaw in the like chain of command, but eh, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it, that was weird. And yeah, just the whole who runs the security you thing and like what was their actual job anyway all those people in the security booth like all they ever did was like transmit orders yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of people with a lot of jobs and then a lot of people with not a lot of jobs <laughs> yeah those pretty much sum up all of my issues and then we're gonna get to um the most infamous scene of all of this movie which is the heels i i get it that those were her f- shoes available to her um but yeah, she should have had other shoes in the back of her car, at least. You know, they were in this big van at that point, driving around. Like, there's definitely places where you can find other shoes. And the time to change into them. Because, like, I can see the argument that, like, well, you know, she was dressed for this situation, and then all of a sudden, dinosaurs are on the loose. But she had enough time to do her little shirt time mm-hmm. which didn't do anything and also like there's a mo- uh, there's a part in the movie where she's sitting in the front of the van watching the footage of something i think when they when the raptors go hunting oh yeah maybe yeah she's just sitting in the van oh, yeah they're watching like the helmet cam footage and so there's no way like they have they take the time to find all these guns and find all these guys and find the motorcycle and find um, and the thing to track the Indominus and they set up all the raptors, but she can't find a pair of shoes. Yeah. And honestly, like having obviously, I mean, I think it's obvious that I haven't dealt with an animal escape issue on this scale, but both in drills and also like in fairly minor, um, like, uh, animal emergencies, not even escapes, just like any emergency, like running around and panicking isn't really a productive solution no. like having like taking a second and having like a calm measured response makes for a boring movie but like means yeah you have a second to change and put on appropriate shoes or um like figure out like i'm gonna go left and you're gonna go right like so you know mm-hmm. yeah like taking a second to do that actually means that you're not just running around like crazy people and you're doing a better job of being some kind of level of in charge as she obviously because when i worked in visitor experience at a tourist facility with animals i was frequently what's called a duty manager so i was in charge of kind of any visitor issues that came up during the day and i also was at a fairly high professional level in the organization so i wore heels to work is what i'm saying i wore heels nine times out of ten but i always had right by my desk a pair of rubber boots that were easy to slip into and a pair of steel-toed 
shoes that were easy to slip into in case the situation arose that I needed them. Yeah, because construction zones and animal exhibits, behind the scenes animal exhibits are... Of... No, they're wet and they're like dirty and they're just... Well, and they're so like, they yeah. have holes in them, you the know, grates. like the, the floor with holes <laughs> yeah. and stuff. Yeah, the grates and all of that stuff. Like you can't, you cannot physically wear heels in those kinds of situations. So yeah, I completely understand why she's dressed that way in the first place. And also in the trivia... Um, it says that she wore all white in honor of John Hammond. That's why they dressed her like that, which was really nice. Yeah, no, I don't have I don't have an issue with her outfit at all. It's her lack of um, PPE, personal protective equipment. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, they do a gratuitous shot of the heels running. Like, they knew, were one hundred percent aware of the ridiculousness of what they were doing. Like, even like it doesn't Owen even point it out? Yeah, like when she's when she does her whole shoot when her shirt thing where she ties her shirt up and like rolls up her sleeves. Like, oh my god! Like, so they pointed out there, and they pointed out when they show her heels running, like uh, when she's got the T Rex behind her, and like, come on, guys! Like, what? Like, this is just. But anyway, but then the T-Rex beats the Indominus and then a raptor jumps on a T-Rex to jump onto an Indominus and then the Mosasaur eats the Indominus and it's amazing. Yep, and everything's okay. I forgave it all. Yeah, and then the T-Rex jumps up, clams onto the helicopter pad and is like, this is my fucking island. Because it's the same (laughs) I know, and it's so awesome. And you're just like, oh, Jurassic Park is so good. And it doesn't matter anymore. I think that probably brings us to the end of our Jurassic World episode. Thank you for coming on the podcast, Nicole. Yay! Thank you guys so much for having me. I was really excited because I'm a very big fan of yours, not just because we're friends. I love your podcast and I've wanted to be on it for a long time, so this is exciting for me. Yay! Yay! Yay. Uh, So yeah, if you like this podcast, you can check us out on social media at Nature Finds a Pod, or you can search your favorite podcasting app for our podcast, Nature Finds a Way, or you can check out our website and listen to episodes there at naturefindsapod.com if you enjoyed all our chatter today be sure to check out our podcast with all three of us the whale tales podcast you can find us by searching whale tales podcast on your podcast catcher of choice or checking us out on social media at whaletales.org or seeing all we have to offer at whale-tales.org our website that's tales like the story not like the animal and we will see you soon and by see i mean be in your ears yeah in two weeks when with an episode that is about something that we will decide soon basically once we stop recording (laughs) sometimes we have good planning and sometimes it's the other thing okay Okay, bye. bye